Hello, future fans, and welcome to episode 74 of Future Flicks with Billiam. We have some movies this week. What a shock, right? We never have movies. It, it It's refreshing to have movies on Future Flicks with Billiam. We do have an interesting week ahead of us. I, I'm not stoked for any of the movies coming out. Like, I don't have to see them. But there are quite a few movies I want to put on my list. So the year is starting to look better and better with each week that passes. Though this year did start off really, really weak, it looks like it's heading in the right direction. So we have movies to talk about, we have news, and trailers, along with the question of the week. So let's not sit around any longer and jump into the show. This is the week of January 19th, 2018, and this is episode 74 of Future Flicks with Billiam. Hey everyone, welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. The Future Flex Awards are just around the corner. I just have to finish editing it. I am almost done. If I say the wrong episode number in the Future Flix Awards, it's because I expected to have this done a little earlier because it, it is a short episode. It's just other stuff keeps getting in the way. It's really hard to do two episodes in one week. I, I have to tell you that. But I'm going to try and edit that out. <laughs> we'll see if I remember. Well, I saw my second movie this year. My friend Walker and I went to go see The Greatest Showman. And I have to say, the music was great. It was a predictable story, but the music was great. And the CG was piss poor. But the music was great. And with musicals, here's the thing with musicals. It's really easy to forgive a lot more if the music is good. And the music was really good. So I forgave a lot. I forgave the fact that I predicted every twist and turn the movie had. I forgave the fact that the CG was needlessly bad. I mean, I understand CG in the circus animals. I get that. That is a whole show dealing with animals. In some cases, it's cheaper and easier just to CG them in. But there were some other parts that they CG'd that I'm just like, why? Why did you do this? This just looks terrible. The actors were great, and I was disappointed that only one actor... Well, I was disappointed that one actor didn't do their own singing. I mean, I loved the actors. I'm glad they picked her for the role, but I was disappointed it wasn't her voice. And I get it, though. Maybe the right person to play the role didn't have a good voice. Just like George Clooney in Oh Brother Where Art Thou, even though he practiced and practiced and practiced, they ended up dubbing over him anyway. But at the time, they didn't know if he can sing, so why take the chance? So if you haven't seen it and you want to see a good movie, if you like musicals, go check out The Greatest Showman. It is worth it. I give it an 8.5 out of 11. But before we get into the news, let me tell you what the show is about and then we'll do the housekeeping. So who am I? Who has been talking to you for about three minutes now? Well, my name is Billiam. I am from Somewhat Nerdy, and this is a show called Future Flicks with Billiam. On this show, I go over every movie that's being released during the week. I give my thoughts on it. 
I also tell you what it's about and who's in it. And then I give it a score. That score, it goes from zero for the really bad movies to 11 for the really good movies. And it's called the Billiams Interest Level Score, a.k.a. the Bill Score. I also go over any news that caught my eye and any trailers that caught my eye. And how do you listen to the show? Well, you can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, and any podcast listening app, as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website. That is somewhatnerdy.com. Don't forget to check out all of our blogs on there. We are going to try to do more blogs, or at least I am. But with how long it's taken me to do the Future Flix Awards show, that that shows you how well that's going to go. So I'm not going to promise. I'm not going to promise that I'm going to do more blogs this year. I promise to try. And how do you reach me? Just in case you want to go, hey, I want you to talk about the story you missed, or hey, here's my answer to the question of the week. You can email me, billiamreviews at gmail.com. You can hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at billiamswn. Leave a comment for me on SoundCloud or the Somewhat Nerdy website. With that out of the way, my future fans, let's jump into the next segment, which as always is the news. Deadline is reporting that Leonardo DiCaprio is going to star in Quentin Tarantino's movie about Charles Manson. Rumor has it that Margot Robbie is attached as well. Dare we hope that Leonardo DiCaprio is playing Manson? Let's get our hopes up. This this one looks like it's going to be good. Just from this alone. Quentin Tarantino, Leonardo DiCaprio, maybe Margot Robbie looks good. Deadpool 2 moved to a May 18th, 2018 release date. So in case you had the old date tattooed on your scrotum, just get that crossed right off. The date has changed. This news is brought to us by Ryan Reynolds' Twitter account. According to IndieWire, and great news for hipster movie fans, the soundtrack for the movie Magnolia will be released on vinyl because why the f*** not? Vinyl, if you remember, is the way old people used to listen to music, and some of us still do. I, I do have some albums, but all the albums I have when these albums were released, the only way to listen to it was vinyl. That was it. I don't buy anything new because there's no f***ing point. In sad news, Hugh Wilson died. And if you don't know that name, don't worry. You may know his work, though. He was the man behind Police Academy. If you've never seen Police Academy, go do yourself a favor and watch it. Uh, Police Academy 1 through 4, I think, are really good. 5 is okay, 6 okay, but the best ones are the first 4, with the first 2 being actually the best, and 3 and 4 just being goofy fun. 5 and on, mm, mm, maybe. And Star Wars fans, Solo has a synopsis now, just not a trailer. But don't get too excited, as it's not that interesting. I don't even consider this a full synopsis. Okay, here is what I copied directly from StarWars.com. Board the Millennium Falcon and journey to a galaxy far, far away in Solo, a Star Wars story. An all-new adventure with the most beloved scoundrel in the galaxy. Through a series of daring escapades deep within a dark and dangerous criminal underworld, Han Solo meets his mighty future co-pilot Chewbacca and encounters a notorious gambler Lando Calrissian in a journey that will set the course of one of Star Wars saga's most unlikely heroes. See? What the f*** does that even tell you about the movie? Nothing. Nothing at all. And while I don't want anything big enough to be a spoiler in the synopsis, tell me a little bit about what it's about. Come on. Give us a hint here. Not that bullshit. According to Hollywood Reporter, Jessica Chastain and Octavia Spencer are teaming up for a Christmas comedy. The reporter says that this is going to be along the same lines as planes, trains, and automobiles, but let's just hope it's a little happier. 
Universal won this after a bidding war with Fox and Paramount. News from Collider says that we may be seeing work starting on Edge of Tomorrow 2. The director, Doug Lyman, says they're no longer working around scheduling issues. They're now just finishing up the script, and once they finish up the script, they will take it from there. I can't help but notice that in this article, they refer to the movie as Edge of Tomorrow, instead of Live, Die, Repeat, which they changed the title to after the movie was released on DVD. For some stupid f***ing reason. And the sequel was going to be called Live, Die, Repeat, Repeat, but there was no mention of that in this article. So thank God for that sh And the next story, I forgot how you say it. Routers? 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 R-U-T-E-R-S? Well, them from the UK released a story saying that the first film to be screened in Saudi Arabia after a 35-year ban on cinemas was the Emoji Movie. Are you f***ing kidding me? So you have a 35-year ban on movies. You choose to lift it and you play that ass cancer? In related news, movies are banned again because whoever picked that movie is a f***ing idiot. According to ContractMusic.net, which I didn't even know was a thing, Mark Strong is confirmed to star as the evil Dr. Sivana in the DC movie Shazam. I really wish there was an easy way for me to figure out who originally broke a story. Like, was it these people? Am I giving credit to the right people? Or did I just notice this story when whoever these are mentioned it on Twitter or it was put up on Reddit? But anyway, Mark Strong playing a bad guy, which he is fantastic at. But as we all know from the Kingsman, he's also really good at being a good guy. Mark Strong is just fantastic. ComingSoon.net says that Danny McBride's Halloween film has officially begun production. Note, this isn't pre-production, this is actual production, so stuff is getting moving. So will Jamie Lee Curtis soon be back on the set with Michael Myers? Time will tell. ComicBook.com reports that Guardians of the Galaxy 3 will be released in 2020. Jesus Christ, we have to wait forever. But of course, in the meantime, we have a lot of other comic book movies that we'll be inundated with. And since most of them are Marvel, they're probably going to be good. I've heard, but I haven't actually read a story on it, so I'm not going to quote it, but I've heard rumblings, early rumblings, that the Avengers movie is just a complete mess. Of course, we heard the same thing about Wonder Woman, and that was wrong. And we heard the same thing about Justice League, and while a lot of people think it was a mess, I personally liked it, so I think that was wrong. So we'll just wait till the movie comes out, as you should always do. And ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the news for this week. So let's take a trip. It is time for a trip back to everyone's favorite place, the Trailer Trove. Avast, and welcome to the Trailer Trove. Okay, everyone, the first trailer we have is for a movie called You Were Never Really Here. This one I think everyone should check out if you like action movies and even if you like indie movies, because in this case, indie isn't a four-letter word. Imagine a movie about one of those badasses. Just think Equalizer, John Wick, or something like that. And then just add the right amount of artsy cinematography, just the right amount. Nothing over the top to make it seem pretentious but enough to notice it and just have this brutal guy be given a task to find this girl. So kind of like in a man on fire situation, find this girl, bring her back alive, no matter the cost. And his weapon of choice is a ball peen hammer that he bludgeons people to death with. This stars Joaquin Phoenix being 
a certifiable badass, being someone I will never want to cross. Of course, if he comes after me, that means I'm some sort of monster, so I hope that would never happen anyway. I hope I would never go into that position any in any way, even accidentally. But this senator or this someone important, his little girl gets kidnapped in a taken sort of fashion, but the senator or politician or whatever he is doesn't want to do the work himself because, you know, he's a politician, he can't do work. <laughs> so he... Gets this guy he knows of that can do these dirty jobs for people. Joaquin Phoenix takes a job, gets a new hammer from the hardware store, and beats the shit out of everyone that gets in his way. I personally can't wait. I think this looks great. The next trailer we have is for a movie called Red Sparrow. This stars Jennifer Lawrence, Joel Edgerton, and Jeremy Irons, and it looks like Jennifer Lawrence actually attempts acting this time. So this movie is about this woman who wants to get help for her mother so she agrees to help the government in this thing they're doing she just has to take this guy to his hotel room they end up murdering the guy thing is there can be no witnesses so either she has to die or she goes with them and becomes a sparrow takes place in some european country i i really didn't care enough to look it up but she agrees to be the sparrow and then she goes under this training to make her basically a killing machine and then she meets this person that she doesn't want to kill. And then the person's like, hey, you know, maybe fight against these people. Help me take these people down. And so that's her thing. Like, is she actually going against the sparrows? Is this part of the ploy? What's going on? And I have to say, I almost care. It's a Jennifer Lawrence movie and I almost care. That's that's the most I've had to say about a movie with her in it since, well, I, I liked the X-Men movies, though that was despite her. The thing that gets me, at least in the trailer, and maybe they will prove me wrong in the actual movie, but historically she does not prove me wrong. But in this trailer, before she goes with these government people, she's talking to her mother, she seems like the same emotionless husk she always plays. And then after her lengthy training and torture with them, she is still the same emotionless husk. I want to see some difference. I want to see how this this event changed you, how this training and their torture of her changed her. But the only thing it did is made her put on wigs and show her tits a little more. That's it. And I'm not a teenager anymore. It takes more than tits to make me want to see a movie. Alicia Vikander. I think she is one of the most beautiful women in Hollywood. She got naked in that movie she did with the Dane DeHaan, but I didn't want to see it because I thought it looked terrible. Movies have to do more, and this movie has to do more because this just looks like Jennifer Lawrence's answer to Atomic Blonde, just not as good because she's not Charlize Theron, who is great. You all should still check out the trailer. It may ring a bell with you. Maybe you want to see this. Maybe you think, wow, I'm finally interested in Jennifer Lawrence, or maybe you disagree with me on this and you love her. I have this coworker, this really nice kid, and he was telling me or giving me this speech about how he thinks Jennifer Lawrence is the best actor and how, oh, you can really see all these intricacies in her performances. And I just smiled and nodded. I let him have his thought. I let him do that. I didn't say a single thing, even though he is f***ing wrong. I hope he doesn't listen to the show because there's only one coworker it could be. And if you do listen, I'm sorry. Let's move on to the next trailer for a movie called Traffic. This stars Omar Epps and a woman named... Paula Patton as the main character. She had a small role in Precious and a small role in Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. And it's about this couple who goes with another couple to celebrate the woman's birthday. They get this house in the middle of nowhere, which is always a good f***ing idea. Let's do this, right? In the middle of nowhere. And while they're on the way, they're in a, her brand new hot rod that he got her or he built her for her birthday. The boyfriend, that is. And at the gas station, they meet some racist rednecks. Of course they do. Because the middle of nowhere is where racist rednecks live. At least in these movies. 
this seems to be the case. And then so while she's in the bathroom, this other woman who's not a crack whore at all goes in and slips something in the woman's purse. They find out it's a phone. Some information is needed on the phone. So these people, these racist ass come after them in a strangers type situation. Turns out they're human traffickers and the woman gets kidnapped. She needs to escape. Omar Epps needs to find her. And so this movie takes a couple of tired ideas that we've seen a lot of before, combines it into something new. And I don't think it was on purpose, but I get a get out vibe from it in only the sense of a movie based on a racial fear, i.e. these groups, this group of black people in the middle of nowhere around a bunch of white racist people who will have no problem killing them all. And this looks good. Like I said, familiar plot elements that comes together to form a new-ish kind of movie, something that's familiar but not too different. And we got a trailer for Love, Simon. This is based on a hit YA book called Simon versus the Homo Sapien Agenda. Basically about this kid who is in high school. He's gay. No one knows he's gay because he's scared of coming out. And even though we've come so far in the fight for equality for LGBT people, it's still not easy to come out. So this movie's about this kid who is so deep in the closet, he's collecting dust bunnies. And one day there's an anonymous message posted somewhere, I don't know, maybe Facebook, from this kid that says, I'm gay. And then no one knows who this kid is. And he's like, wow, this kid said it. Even though he hasn't said who he is, I'm not alone. So they start this conversation while he tries to come to terms with himself. And where I think the movie is going is the, I get the sense that the parents, his parents already know, or at least have a sense that their son isn't the straightest arrow in the quiver. So I think that by the end of the movie, he's going to come out and this other guy's going to come out. I don't know how it's going to go for the other guy, but at least for Simon, at least for the main character, it's going to go better than he hoped. But still not perfect. I think he is going to get some teasing, some backlash, just because that's the way the world is, unfortunately. And we will see that from the people he cares from the most, he he will be accepted. That's what I predict. Uh, this movie looks good. If you want to see a movie with a charming story, with a touching story, and with a main character who is very likable, although super awkward, but, you know, still likable, then this might be the movie for you. I don't get the feeling that this movie is going to be super preachy, which can be the danger with films like this, where they try to have a good message, but they shove it so far in your face, make it so much the focal point that it feels contrived. And I think messages are stronger when they let it just be part of the story. Just let it exist naturally and not try to shove it in your face. That's why I actually liked the fact in the Harry Potter books after they were done, J.K. Rowling comes out and says Dumbledore was gay just because it never mattered in the book. So she didn't bring it up. I don't know if she always knew. I frankly don't care. But that's that's why I really liked the fact that it didn't need to be brought up. So it wasn't. It would have made it seem ingenuine. It would have made it stupid. It would, would have just been ridiculous if she tried to force it in the book. And here, even though it is a big part of the story, it seems like it just progresses naturally. And that's what I like to see. Well, that is it for the trailer trove. Let us jump into our first commercial break, which is always a word from our friends at Somewhat Nerdy Radio. So stay tuned and we'll be back with the movies. Imagine yourself on a journey with the somewhat nerdy radio podcast crew as we travel through forgotten realms and far-off galaxies. 
your captains, the sensational Snarf Chris and the cunning Critter, constantly face an element of danger. Welcome to the Somewhat Nerdy Radio Podcast, the bright light in the podcast sphere. Download and subscribe Somewhat Nerdy Radio today on iTunes and SoundCloud or stream it at somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. All right, everyone, we are back, and we start this week with a movie that I've seen advertised a lot, and I don't watch a lot of television, not on network or anything. Anything I do watch is on Hulu or streaming somehow, because I do watch a lot of TV, but just not on the actual networks they're on. I like being able to watch things at my leisure and with little to no commercials. Well, in my case, no commercials because I paid that little extra fee on Hulu. But when I did turn on the TV, or even hell, when I passed one, I saw trailers for this movie. So the first movie of the week is a movie called Forever My Girl. Liam Page is a country singer who decides to return home after a decade spent away. When he returns, he finds the love he left behind, and she's none too happy with him as he left on their wedding day, and pregnant. Though in his defense, he didn't know about the pregnancy. This stars Alex Rowe from The Fifth Wave, Jessica Roth from Happy Death Day, and John Benjamin Hickey from Manhattan. This is based on a book by an author named Heidi McLaughlin, who wrote this series called the Beaumont series. There are five books in this series, and this movie is based on the first one. This woman, her books are thrown into the ring when people talk about Nicholas Sparks and things like that, and I don't know if that's because it's just cheesy romance, which I love me some cheesy romance, or if it's because it's depressing. Because I was watching the trailer and it mentioned Nicholas Sparks, so my first thought was, okay, who's going to die? It's not a Nicholas Sparks book if someone doesn't die. And it can't be just a side character. It has to be someone really big. So I was thinking the girlfriend or the, you know, the ex-fiance was going to die, leave the guy with his kid. But then I figured out, oh, he didn't actually write this. So there's a chance that it might not be sad. And you know what? I I liked Nicholas Sparks when I watched the first movie, when I read the first book. Well, not the first book, but the first book of his I read. It's like, oh, this is really good. Kind of like, I have to admit it, an ex of mine got me to read a Nora Roberts book. Nora Roberts is one of those smutty romance authors. I read one of her books. I'm like, oh, this is pretty good. But then I read another one. I'm like, oh, this is is kind of the same. And I read another one. This is the same story. Just Nora Roberts has a huge boner for Irish, anything Irish. And it looks like this woman, Heidi McLaughlin, has a big boner for country western stars. Okay, that's unfair to say. I only know about the Beaumont series. That's it. But I can't judge this woman yet. I can't judge her books yet because I don't know enough. Maybe this whole series it is, could be the same because, duh, it's part of a series. And while each individual story may change, the overall storyline may stay similar. Time will tell when she releases other books or when I care enough to look into her other books. But we're not talking about the books here, folks. We're talking about the movie. So let's get into that. This looks like a standard romance movie. That's it. This has an interesting cast. I like Jessica Roth. I didn't watch Happy Death Day, though I wanted to, but I didn't even recognize her. I'm not saying her acting was fantastic or fantastically different. It's just that this role was so different and didn't even occur to me it could be her. But as you can tell, I'm rambling a bit, and anyone who knows the show really well knows why that is. I don't have much to say. I really don't have much to say about this because this is too basic. I mean, we have the ass with a heart of gold, this guy who made a terrible mistake in his past. I mean, nothing 
unforgivable, but a terrible mistake that he has to live up to, but he's still a good guy and everyone knows it. Like the woman who knows there's a good guy in there but is still angry at him, and the child he never knew who's just so cute and has a whip-crack smart tongue on her and says things like, You drive a convertible? The chances of surviving an accident are staggering. Just staggering. Gag me with a f***ing spoon. When Hollywood and when movies force kids to be cute like that, it can work. Like in the case of the kid from Jerry Maguire, it really worked. That kid was adorable and everyone loved him. Do you know the human head weighs eight pounds? Now we do. And this kid, it kind of works. I was like, aww. You rapscallion. But at the same time, I didn't like the movie for it. It felt contrived. I felt like that they were trying way too hard and that they're making up for lack of story, lack of substance with this crap. And that's why I can't suggest anyone see this. I mean, if you're looking for a romantic movie to take your lady or your guy to, then watch this. Sure, why not? It's the only... Actually, no. No, it's not the only romance out. It's the only typical romance out there, because if you want a typical romance, then yeah, go check this one out. But there's a far better one coming up later in the show. But to anyone else, don't see this. Don't even put this on your to-be-watched list. Just, just forget it even exists. For fans of the book, sure, watch it. Because if you like the book, then this looks like a good enough movie. I mean, why not? But anyone else can pass. Forever My Girl gets a 3 out of 11. Alright folks, next up we have a trailer for a documentary called The Final Year. This is a documentary about President Barack Obama's foreign policy team during the last year in office. Now this one, this one is a little odd to me, just because it focuses so intently on the foreign policy team. I know foreign policy is very important when it comes to politics, I know that. But I really would have wanted to see a documentary about the whole West Wing and maybe pick out one big thing from foreign policy, one big thing from something here in America, one big thing from every area, maybe not every area, but the main areas, and go, okay, this is what they're trying to do in the last year. And they just pray that Donald Trump doesn't f*** it up once he gets in. But no, this movie took a very, or this documentary took a very narrow view. And I'm going to say narrow as in, like, oh, they're so narrow-minded. No, narrow as in what it's focusing on is very specific. It's the foreign policy team. This is going to focus a lot on the president, on John Kerry. And we, we're, you know, we're not going to see Joe Biden a lot. I never saw him once in the trailer. Jumpin' Joe Biden, best friend of the internet, the subject of one of the best memes in recent history. That Joe Biden, nowhere to be found in the trailer. But my question is, because the trailer didn't really show much of the movie, it was truly just a teaser, but my question is, how much of this movie is going to be just an honest look at the final years of the foreign policy team? And then will they throw anything in with this left-leaning narrative about how they're going to leave things and how they probably think Donald Trump is going to f*** it all up? And you know what? I'm going to be honest. These days, politically, I lean more towards the left. Growing up, I was always a Republican. I, When I started to vote, I voted Republican. And you all know I try to keep politics out of the show. I try to keep my views out of the show. So I'm going to talk about this very sparingly. Why do I bring this up? Here's why. Because even with my current left-leaning tendencies, I still don't want to see a movie that is just the left preaching to the left. I want to see an honest look at the final year of the Barack Obama presidency and his foreign policy team. I don't want to see anything that's going to go, oh, look how great this guy was, f*** this other guy. 
this guy was great. Leave that opinion to the people watching the movies. Just show us the truth. And I really hope that's what they do. The trailer really didn't do anything to make me fear that they were going to go down this really slanted path. It looked like it was just showing the things for how they were. So that's why this movie gets as high of a score as it does. But still, this isn't something I'm going to care enough to try and watch. If if Netflix, Hulu, or Amazon gets it, then yes, I will probably watch this one day, maybe a year or two down the road. And you notice that? I already stopped talking about my views on this, because this is a show about movies, folks. Movies. And this is a movie. So if you're at all interested in the presidency of Barack Obama, if you are at all interested in what looks to be an honest look at his final year with a microscope focus on just his foreign policy, then this movie is for you. If you're a Republican who's not blind to the other side, then maybe this movie is for you too. For everyone else though, maybe skip it. Just especially with documentaries. I know I say this all the time and I'm sorry, but you know every episode there's going to be one person, at least one person, who has never heard the show before. And I kind of want to always make sure I talk about my views on things just so they know. But when I give my score on movies, it's, you know, it is always up to you, no matter my score. But especially with these movies, especially with documentaries, it's only up to you and whether or not you think the topic is interesting. To me, this is really interesting. Not interesting enough, though, to make me want to see in theaters. But to you, it may not be. So for me, the final year gets a 6.5 out of 11. Next up, ladies and gentlemen, is a movie called Den of Thieves. The L.A. County Sheriff's elite unit has their sights set on the state's most successful bank robbery crew. The crew plans their next big job, and the unit plans their assault. It stars Gerard Butler from 300, Pablo Schreiber from Orange is the New Black, O'Shea Jackson Jr. from Straight Outta Compton, and 50 Cent, the rapper. Though technically I should call him 50 Cent, because if you have you ever seen that, that video that explains how to say his name? And basically he says it all comes down to how you say 50. So if you say, oh, the Loch Ness Monster's after my 350, then you call him 50 Cent. But if you say, he after my tree 50, then you call him 50. Here we go. Learning lessons on future flicks on how to say the names of rappers, the more you know. This was actually a tough week for me to pick the the pick of the week because any of the movies from here on out could have been the pick of the week. Maybe if I had done this episode earlier, if I had started earlier, maybe it would have been something else. Maybe if I did this next week because I was like super behind or something, then maybe it'd be something different. But right now, this movie is not the pick of the week, though it could have been. Because what we have here is a heist movie at its very core. So we have a movie like Heat, a true heist movie, though it's going to be a little more brutal. I know that's hard to imagine, but it looks like it's going to be a little more brutal just because the way the trailer is setting it all up. There's a line where Pablo Schreiber's character says, you know, I ain't going out in cuffs. And Gerard Butler's character says, well, I didn't bring my cuffs, which basically means, look, someone's going to die. One side is going to get wiped out. That's how this is going to end. This is going to be a violent movie. This is going to have scenes of intense action and then a lot of talking. And it's going to jump in between those two things. A lot of talking, which is going to set up the later battles. We're going to have the cops looking into these guys, trying to find them. And then probably from the looks of the trailer, finding them and just, you know, hanging out, talking to them. And then it's going to jump into the battles where they're like, oh, hey, we're going to try and kill each other. And this is how it's going to end. And that's how the movie's going to end. I don't think any side is going to come out unscathed. But one side will be completely wiped out unless one of them happens to escape. If one of them escapes, it's going to be, or if one of the bad guys escapes, it's going to be Pablo Schreiber, the leader, or O'Shea Jackson Jr. 
50 Cent is not making it out of this alive. He is not. His character has kill me written all over him. This movie looks entertaining. It doesn't look so action-packed that it needs to be seen in theaters, though I think it could help. And from this movie on, any movie I talk about is worthy of being the pick of the week. So if you see this, then you picked a good movie. You really did. Or you could pick one of the next movies. Den of Thieves gets a 7.5 out of 11. And we have one movie left before the break. And it was a movie that was originally the pick of the week. That is until I got to looking at the trailers for the other films, realizing that we do have some good films this week. And this one, unfortunately, lost its place at the top. That movie is called Mary and the Witch's Flower. One day, Mary follows a cat into the forest and finds an old broomstick and a flower. The two objects take her high into the sky into a magical college where she'll learn to be a witch. But once there, she discovers a dark secret. This features the voices of Ruby Barnhill from the BFG, Jim Broadbent from Harry Potter and the Moulin Rouge. That's, that's not a new Harry Potter book, by the way. It's Harry Potter and the Moulin Rouge. No, they're two different movies. <laughs> and Kate Winslet from this little-known film called Titanic. So this is the first movie from a studio called Studio Ponic. And the reason this art style looks familiar, and if anyone saw the trailer, you might be thinking, oh, Studio Ghibli. This is a Miyazaki film. No, it is not a Miyazaki film. Studio Ponic is made up of former animators for Studio Ghibli, thus the style. But it's not actually a Studio Ghibli movie. This movie looks entertaining, but after thinking about it for a while, and one of the reasons it's no longer the pick of the week, is it makes me wonder, why? This story doesn't seem that great. Why tell it? It's like when Studio Ghibli turned the secret world of Arietti into a movie, which was actually based on a book called The Borrowers. It's like, really? Why? Why do this? It turned out to be an okay movie. I liked it, and I'll probably like this one a lot. But my still, my question is, why? Why pick this? To me, I compare Studio Ghibli to Pixar. Even though I personally believe Studio Ghibli is far superior to Pixar, Pixar just wins in the beautiful 3D animation department. But when one of these companies picks a movie, I expect a certain caliber of movie. And thus, I find that moving over from Studio Ghibli to now Studio Ponic. These people made up of former Ghibli employees, I'm automatically putting them on a higher standard. Of course, this is just their first movie, so that maybe they went, okay, what license can we get for a relatively cheap price? What can we turn into a movie? What will sell? And maybe this is it. Because this is a hard book to find. After I realized this was based on a book, I went looking on Amazon to buy it so I can read it. And I can't find a copy below $12. And it's $12 for a moderately low condition paperback. Do you want a nice condition one? Well, be prepared to spend $40 to $60. Which is more than I want to spend on a book. Brand new books I buy don't even cost that much. I mean, brand new books cost about 20 to 30 something dollars, somewhere around there, if you buy it in hardback. So maybe they are onto something, and I'm just being an old fogey. We don't know. We'll see. But what we have here is a very good-looking animated movie, and if you want to take your family out to a movie, this is what you see. But unlike weeks before, if you don't have a family, you may want to see this as well. If you like anime, if you like the Studio Ghibli movies, then maybe this is the movie for you, because even though it's not Studio Ghibli, it's done by the same people, or at least some of them. Maybe time will show us that Studio Ponic is going to be the DreamWorks to Studio Ghibli's Pixar. Maybe that's going to be their relationship, where they still do good stuff, but they can't quite compete with the giant. 
This movie looks fun. It looks beautiful. And if you see this, I don't think you'd be disappointed. But I also don't think you'd be disappointed if you had to wait. I myself am going to wait unless one of my friends goes, hey, I really want to see this. Come with me. I'll buy you a beer. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. Beer and a movie? F- yeah. What's next? A ham job? That joke brought to you by the Watch Mouth Podcast. Not a sponsor. Though they'd sponsor me if they could. I'm going to see this movie. I'm going to be honest. But I'm going to watch it at home from the comfort of my own bed where I cuddle up with a cup of something warm and I watch a good movie. I think that's what you should do too. And I don't think you need to see this in theaters unless something about it really speaks to you. Mary and the Witch's Flower gets a 7.5 out of 11. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have four movies left before we're done. So let's take this time to hear a word from our friends at Nerds of Squared Circle and the Watch Your Mouth podcast. Stay tuned. Nerds of Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. Hi, I'm Sam Jericho of SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Join me, Snarf Chris, and the dude with the headband. We talk about wrestling and more wrestling. Do you like wrestling? Yeah! Yeah. Then you should listen to our podcast. Do you not like wrestling? You should still listen to our podcast. SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app today. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. There are several ways to raise money for a good cause. Some do it by running marathons. Some host high-dollar dinners. And some just do it by clever internetting. We here at the Watch Your Mouth Podcast employ a different approach. Wall-to-wall filthy fucking language. Go to a grocery store, I'm like, I know exactly what I need. I get in there, I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, the yeah. did I even come here for? With our charity swear jar, every f***ed up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction. The motherfucker's a mouth breather. Gaming, movies, life musings, it's all here. Served on a bed of f***s and garnished with a crown of Shut the f*** up! How the f*** did we get here? F*** all that, f***ing jelly bean! So if you want to hear us do good things with bad words, check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast on iTunes. Tunes, SoundCloud, Facebook, or online at WIMpodcast.com. And remember, swearing is caring, so watch your mouth. And we're back. We are back with a movie that I know for a fact the lads at the Watch Your Mouth Podcast will love to watch. That movie is called Mom and Dad. Carly and Josh must survive one crazy day after something takes over all of the adults in the world and causes them to turn violent towards their children. This stars... Nicholas, how'd it get burned? Cage, Selma Blair from Hellboy, Anne Winters from Tyrant, Zachary Arthur from Transparent, and Lance Henriksen from Aliens. Yep, we have a Nicholas Cage movie on our hands, and we have Nicholas Cage acting crazier than he ever has before. The trailer admits this, going, hey, it's Nicholas Cage going full on Nicholas Cage. And there's a scene where he has a sledgehammer and he's breaking up this table or something while singing the hokey pokey. That's right. This is happening. So imagine a weird marriage between Invasion of the Body Snatchers, or Faculty if you've never seen Body Snatchers, and a zombie movie like Night of the Living Dead, Day of the Dead, one of those things. Make the two protagonists children and have the people who really want to kill them the most be their parents. Make one of the parents the iconic and insane Nicolas Cage and tell him to just let loose and be all Nicolas Cage-like 
And that's what you have. You have this movie called Mom and Dad. And what we have here is a movie that's going to be a kind of cult classic. I know you can't purposely make a cult classic because the cult classic culture people will revolt against it. But this is going to be a movie that's going to be loved by people who see it, but not many people will give it the time of day. People like me, people like Somewhat Nerdy, Watch Your Mouth, people who love Nicolas Cage and love him for his craziness, we will give this a shot. Eventually, you know, when we get around to it, the type of people who have Nicolas Cage shower curtains will make a point of seeing this in theaters. But for the rest of us, we have an entertaining, tense, action-packed comedy to put on our Tubi watch list. This is the kind of movie that we hope that one day will be put on a streaming service so we can watch it for free because God knows we're not going to put money towards it. Or maybe one of us in a group will put their money towards it and then everyone will get to borrow it and see it. I mean, you wouldn't steal a car so you wouldn't pirate a movie, right? I mean, that's logical. Here on the Future Flicks with William podcast, we do not abide by nor encourage piracy of any kind. Please don't sue me. But all joking aside, I think everyone should check this out. It's going to be a funny movie. It's not going to be wonderful. It's just going to be pure entertainment through and through. This is made for people who love Nicolas Cage and his crazy antics, as well as people who love movies purely for entertainment, who don't need a good story, who don't need great acting, who don't need all these other things who can just be happy with the entertainment value. This is going to be the movie for you. This is going to be fun. It's going to be goofy. It's going to be stupid, but it's going to be overall enjoyable. Mom and Dad gets an 8 out of 11. The next film we have to talk about is one that actually hit me quite hard, and it's about one specific line in the trailer. Is this just a very emotional week for me? I don't know. We'll see. The next movie is called The Leisure Seeker. A runaway couple go on an unforgettable journey in their fateful old RV that they call The Leisure Seeker. John is starting to lose his memory, and Ella decides to take him on the trip he's always wanted to go on. Along the way, she shows him pictures trying to remind him of his life. This stars Helen Mirren from The Queen, Donald Sutherland from The Hunger Games, Janelle Maloney from The West Wing, and Joshua Mickle from The Walking Dead. So this movie looks like it's going to be a kind of elderly romance with a hint of comedy and a hint of just overall drama thrown into the mix. And I mentioned that something got me in this. And there's this one line when they're, they're stopped for the night and they're sitting outside the RV and, and John turns to Ella and says, promise me something promise you won't leave me. And that has got to be one of the saddest things I have heard in a long time. Because just think about it. This man is losing his mind. He is forgetting more and more each day. And he knows it. He is aware that he's forgetting. So think of how scary that is. And then so his wife, the love of his life, this woman he's been with forever, decides to take him on this really nice trip. He's loving it. But then he thinks that what happens when I go, when I, when my brain finally goes and I don't remember anything. It's like, I don't want this woman that I love to leave me. Even if I may not remember her, I don't want to be alone. And that struck me. That is so real and touching and scary. And, but will this movie be as depressing as that single line makes me fear? And I think in the end, yes, but what we have here may be a bittersweet movie. We may have this movie where this couple goes on this vacation and they love it. And then it kind of leaves us knowing that this man is going to eventually lose the rest of his memories. 
So I think absolute best case scenario, this movie ends on a happy note, but we all know where it's going to go. Worst case scenario, it ends with his mind completely going. I really want to see this movie. I want to see it really bad. But I'm going to watch it at home, where if I have to ugly cry, I can do it where maybe only my cat or my fiancé will see me. That's it. And I also recommend that you too see this at home. I think it's worth a shot, but I don't think it's worth watching in the theaters just because the next two movies are better for theaters. Okay, well, one of them's not better for theaters per se. One's just a better looking movie. And the pick is one that looks like it'll be better in theaters. This movie has two of the greatest actors that are around today. We have Helen Mirren and Donald Sutherland, and this looks like the perfect movie for them to be in. I think everyone should give this a shot. Just at home, in the dark, the box of tissues. The Leisure Seeker gets an 8 out of 11. All right, folks, we are down to the final two, and this one was actually quite hard. It really was. One movie I think is just going to be really good, and the other I think will be better for theaters. And you would also be good, but only one movie could win the week. So the next movie on the list is called The Phantom Thread. Reynolds Woodcock is a famous dressmaker who meets a woman and she quickly becomes his muse, though she learns that he has a habit of sabotaging himself in relationships. And can their relationship survive? This stars Vicky Kripes from Hannah and Daniel Day-Lewis from Lincoln. I talked about this movie before, uh, quite a few times actually, and one time in fact I think I said it was actually coming out. What that was was a limited release. That at the time IMDb failed to say it was a limited release, otherwise I would not have done it that week and I would have done it the week it was actually coming out. But here we are, the week it is actually hitting theaters and this is a movie that I know is going to be good, but I don't feel any need to go see it. I will watch this one day. Hell, maybe this is going to be one of those movies I buy before I even watch it. I'm just going to take a gamble on it being good. I've done that before, and it almost always works out. But that's what happens when you like as many movies as I do. But what we have here is an artsy drama through and through. A character-heavy drama that focuses on this guy with a great name, Reynolds Woodcock. Yeah, why not just name him Boner Penis? Reynolds Boner Penis, Reynolds Chubby Dick, Reynolds Erection Schlong. Okay, I think I'm done. Anymore? Hold on, let me think. Reynolds Hard on Dong. <laughs> I don't know why that one was funnier. But um, the movie tends to make a big deal about the fact that he's a dressmaker. But I fully believe that this is the type of movie where he could have been anything else. He could have done any other profession. And it wouldn't have mattered because the main story is about him and this woman. And can he stop being a piece of shit that sabotages himself? Will he push her away and will she successfully go away? Or will she stay strong and will she fight through it? And will their relationship survive? That's what the story is. The fact that he's a dressmaker is just color. It's just flavor. It's just something else. It's just another element of the movie. A big one, mind you, but this didn't have to be a dressmaker. So this film is a drama through and through. It has touch of romance, but it's really going to focus on the drama. It's going to be heavy with it and hit you in the face with it. We're going to see Daniel Day-Lewis be a completely different character than he's ever been before because that's what this motherfucker does. He acts the sh** out of whatever movie he's in. And no matter what you think ultimately of the movie, 
he is always great. Some people liked Lincoln, some people thought it was really boring, but everyone had the one thing in common is that he was f***ing phenomenal. Daniel Day-Lewis is great. This is supposed to be his final movie, but you should enjoy it at home. Unless you really want to see a movie in the theaters and the next movie does not speak to you, then by all means, check it out. Knock yourself out. The Phantom Thread gets an 8.5 out of 11. And folks, we have our pick. We have the pick of the week. So let's not dilly-dally. Here it is. The pick of the week is 12 Strong. This is the story of the first special forces team in Afghanistan after 9-11. They're under the leadership of a new captain and they must work with a local warlord to take out the Taliban, or at least do as much damage as they can. This stars Chris Hemsworth from Thor, Michael Shannon from Man of Steel, Elsa Pataki from Fast and the Furious 5-8, through 8, Taylor Sheridan from Sons of Anarchy, William Fickner from Prison Break, Michael Pena from End of Watch, and Rob Riggle from 21 Jump Street. Fun fact that most of you probably already know, Rob Riggle is actually in the military. He's Marine Reserves, I believe. You know, I don't know if he still is, but I remember for a while that was in his contract when he would accept a movie. He's like, hey, I will be in your movie. I will do this. I want to do this, but please understand that I need to go do my one weekend a month. Anyway, let's talk about the movie. I, I have to be honest. This was not my pick at first. Phantom Thread was the pick. And then for a while, Leisure Seeker was the pick. And then for a while, it, it jumped around a bit. But this was not my original pick. It wasn't until I watched the trailer again. And then it, it, it resonated with me. I liked it. Some naysayers or douchebags may write this off as American propaganda. But to me, what I see is the story of these men who are risking their lives to take out this group of terrorists that attacked us. And they're basically going in blind. And it's just their small group. There's no cavalry coming with them. They are the cavalry. And they have to accept the help of this warlord, someone who could easily turn on them and kill them. They don't have a lot of supplies. They just don't have a lot of stuff. So they have to make do with what they can get once they're over there. And you know what? Someone's going to die. And this is just me 100% guessing. I have no idea what actually happened when this group went in. Because this is based off a true story. This was apparently a classified story until recently. And then once it came out, people are like, oh yeah, let's make a movie of this right now. Let's go make some money. But just judging by the formula, someone is going to die. Maybe Chris Hemsworth. Maybe Taylor Sheridan. Or who knows, maybe Michael Pena because he, he dies in movies. And he breaks my f***ing heart when he dies in movies. But this movie looks good. They, it looks like they do a good job of it, and it doesn't look like they're going to try and jerk us off with the Stars and Stripes plane. It seems like it's going to be a semi-honest story. And what I mean by that is that they are going to make these men look like heroes. Maybe they'll be dicks in a couple scenes, but they will make them look like heroes. And I'm not saying they're not. Don't do not misunderstand me. I have high amounts of respect for our armed forces the men and women that serve us. But I'm just saying, if someone in this group in real life had been a gigantic ass, they're probably not going to show that in the movie. What they are going to show is this struggle these men went through to, to win, to do the best they could to finish the job they came to do. And I think the fact that this doesn't look like a wank fest helps. And I think that's what kind of lifted it up in my eyes. It has some great, truly great actors in it. It looks like they do a really good job. It looks like it's written well. It looks like a well-shot movie. It has all of the criteria. And there are going to be scenes of action, which makes watching it on the big screen 
even better, which is why this kind of crept up there as my pick. True, Den of Thieves is going to have a lot of action, and that could have been up here, but this one just looks a lot better. If you see the movie this week, I think this is the one you should see. Though there's a lot of good movies out there right now, and any one of them could be worth a watch. But as for this week, and the new movies, 12 Strong is my pick, and 12 Strong gets a 9 out of 11. And ladies and gentlemen... That is it for this week's episode. Let's talk about the question of the week that we only got one answer to because I once again dropped the ball and forgot to tweet the reminder out of, hey, answer the question if you haven't. So just remember, if you're new, and even if you're not new, if you forgot to answer the question, it's never too late. Just answer it. I will talk about the answers to any old questions. Just tweet me, email me, just let me know. So the question was, what movie are you looking forward to the most in 2018? And the answer we got was from good old frat Matt, who does not disappoint and gives two, two really good answers. He says Han Solo and Black Panther. Han Solo, a movie we know very little about, but of course, Star Wars, anything to get more Star Wars. And Black Panther, a movie that's going to be bonkers fantastic chadwick boseman is great as black panther we know this already now he's getting his own movie michael b jordan is going to be in this too lupita nyong'o martin freeman andy circus angela bassett forrest whitaker you don't need any other people than that but there are more people people who aren't as famous but more people yay good for them i bet you they're gonna do a great job because marvel doesn't pick bad people except in one case but i'm not gonna oh nope i'm not gonna get into that i'm not gonna get into that but yes that movie looks fantastic and that is a great great answer thank you thank you thank you frat matt and as for my answer you know what frat matt i'm gonna pick two as well because i just looked through the list and there's a lot i want to talk about but i'm gonna do two first one fantastic beasts 2 which is going to be called or subtitled the crimes of grinderwald i cannot wait fantastic beasts and where to find them was a fantastic movie it gave me more of the harry potter world which i craved just like plants crave electrolytes and finally the one of the obvious choices avengers infinity war i'm still really scared it's going to be a huge cluster f i'm really scared but if it's good it's going to be really good so we need a new question of the week and here we go so 12 Strong takes place after 9-11. So this takes place 17 years ago. 17 f***ing years ago is how long that was, all right? Pretty soon, actually this year, someone's going to graduate high school who was not alive for it. I mean, I'm not even saying can remember. Not even alive for it. And just think of how many movies we've already had that have taken place around 9-11. So that makes me wonder... What historical event do you want to see a movie made out of or more movies made out of? And I'm not going to have all of history up there. I'm not going to be a dick. And I have a feeling I'm going to want to dive back to this question at some other time. So I'm going to give a specific time. So from 1980 until now, the past 38 years. So somewhere in there, what event do you want to see a movie made out of? They could have already made a movie of it or movies about it and you just want to see another one because you like the topic or it could be something that no one has mentioned before. Brian Q, do not let me down. You are going to have some really good, really good yet obscure answer that's just, I'm going to clap. I'm going to clap for you. And maybe if I guilt him enough, Herc will answer. We'll see. Well, everyone, that is it. That is it for this week's episode of Future Flicks with Billiam. Let's wrap this up. You can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast listening app as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website, that is somewhatnerdy.com. I'd really appreciate it if you take a few minutes out of your day to give the podcast a rating. I would love five stars. 
not three, no three stars for us, only five. I would love five stars or a like or share the podcast. Tell your friends. You go, hey, friend, you love movies. There's a podcast that talks about all the movies coming out. You should listen to it because that is how we grow. And then also leave me a comment. Tell me what I'm doing right. Tell me what I need to improve on. Answer the question of the week and tell me if there's any stories I missed or any trailers I missed. You can leave a comment for me on the Someone Nerdy website, the Facebook page. Leave a comment on SoundCloud. You can also hit me up on Twitter at BilliamSWN, Instagram at BilliamSWN, and email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. Be sure to check out the Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Squared Circle also on the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. And don't forget to check out the Bromance Buddy for this show, Watch Your Mouth, the Watch Your Mouth Podcast. They should be coming back soon. Don't forget to check out the Somewhat Nerdy website for all of our latest blogs and news. And finally, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, my future fans, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billiam from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future.